Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Hello um, from yeah. Southeast Texas. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, where are we? We're and, uh, in Conroe, we're Conroe Texas. Texas. Um, next stop, Houston. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. For uh, today, I was I was thinking like next stop home, but mm-hmm. we're, we have we have one more stop before we actually head home. We have those of you who've been listening. We have been traveling for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh, there's so much to unpack just on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we're up to twelve or thirteen different places to lay your head. I'm not counting. Um, yeah, I, I think we we started in in uh, Pennsylvania Pittsburgh area and then headed to New Mexico and then Vegas, Vegas. and Salt Lake and then Colorado and back to Salt Lake and Oklahoma City and mm-hmm. then into. Uh, into Dallas, Austin, we did Fort Worth. We Fort had Worth. a stop in Fort yep. Worth, and then uh, yeah, but it's been. Uh, we're in Houston. We're now. looking forward to sleeping in our own bed, but it's been fun. <laughs> We've had lots of fun, lots of great stops, and uh, really yeah. successful. Uh, outing. Oh, absolutely! You know, one of the uh, uh, I think some of you ladies out there listening will appreciate this. Um, we we have like two large suitcases, two huge duffel bags, and every time we stop somewhere, we get a look. Mm-hmm. And the looks like, oh my gosh, did you yeah. bring everything? It's like, yes, yeah. don't judge me. That's but right. I have to say that there have to be probably five or six or more outfits that I never even threw sure. on. So I, you know, I should, I should learn. I used to travel um, half the month every month, and I really prided myself on being able to get on a plane without having to check any bags mm-hmm. um, all the time. But I've lost that skill. Oh yeah. Do something. To it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, plenty to talk about. There is a so lot to much talk about. that we've. Good morning, uh, Brand, uh, Tommy. From Tommy DC. Brandis, yeah. PA this morning. He is. Hey, Tommy. Uh, yeah. So we uh, we had quite a bit of stuff come up. I mean, it was it was right. kind of hard to decide what to really can, talk about. This can, morning. can we can we talk about um, one that we were having coffee this morning because you know we're coffee drinkers. And um, on the news, I don't know if you all were watching what was happening in the Houston area, but there was a major news break of like 14 hours ago about dun, 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 catalytic converters. Catalytic. Cat, sorry, catalytic <laughs> converters. Um, and, you know, I, I keep seeing a lot of grief about those on um, on the different Facebook pages, and, and I've had to ask Jim, what are those? Right. Um, I'm not a car person, yeah. but what are those? And and uh, they apparently like arrested a ring of people and and they seized 477 um, converters, converters. At, at seven locations. So uh-huh. it was a simultaneous raid. Yeah, which, seven you know, locations. It says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's a it's an indication of just how <laughs> widespread the oh my gosh. the ring is that is out there, you know, conducting these thefts. And we did hear when we were at TIEDA that Texas or that Houston rather is the worst. It's the the hardest hit market in Texas, at least. And so hopefully this. Uh, you know, this crackdown on the ring. And by the way, there was actually a trooper death and I didn't finish reading. It sounded like it might've been at their home, like on their own personal vehicle, but a guy, a trooper came out to stop a catalytic converter theft at his home, I guess. And, uh, and was shot and killed. 
And so they've actually, you know, uh, have the perpetrator in that case and, uh, and are, you know, pursuing, uh, um, you know, yeah. capital charges or whatever, but yeah, it's like, it just gives you an idea just how widespread, how serious yeah. it is. Obviously we hear dealers all over the country, you know, complaining about that. So hopefully this is a big step. And we also, by the way, at the conference, we heard there was a state uh, Senator from Texas was there to speak to it. And they very much made a point to say, we're, we're cracking down and we've, we've toughened the laws and there's more to come. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, that it's good news. Yeah. And you know, if, if we can get, Texas has a really great, um, uh, uh, state organization that they really work closely with their with their legislators and and mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's really really great news yeah for sure for them so um so if you if you're missing a couple in the Houston area yeah. <laughs> maybe there's a pile of yours somewhere right we'll try to uh, um, um, share the article uh, we found the article so in oh, our it's in our like post all on over Facebook, the news yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll share it at least in the Houston yep. market it is. Yep. So catalytic converters, huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I know that you guys are all really wondering what what it is that's have happening for us next. You think they're wondering? <laughs> you, you feel like they care? <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping by Sunday I'm sleeping in my own bed. Yeah. That that would be that would be quite quite nice. Um, yeah. Well, there's uh, we've got a lot of different visits and things to do with with clients over the next few months. And I, I think we're, we're planning also heading to the Arizona independent automobile dealers association October. finance conference in October. And right. then probably, uh, um, the buy hair, pay hair super forum. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, but I, I also wanted to, we, those of you guys who, who have been paying attention to the podcast tote the note, we, we did a, a podcast on that, um, with, uh, Chris Tiller and Brent Carmichael on, you know, economic times and, and uh, really, really, really meaty podcast. Um, you can find that on, on any of the syndicated stations and also on our YouTube channel. But uh, we got, uh, we got on the calendar to do another one with, with Brent mm-hmm. um, first part of, it's like, we're going to be recording it um, first couple of weeks of, of August. And, and we're going to be talking about why dealers fail. Yeah. 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 And so we're looking forward to that. And I, and we may need to invite some others to the conversation besides just Brent and myself right now. It's scheduled to just be the two of us, but you know, in my own experience, my own travels across these years and, and I have chosen not to participate. I've been invited to participate in, in dealerships that were, you know, I was asked to, to run an operation 20 years ago and uh, 18 years ago, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> and I just chose not to participate. And it just looked to me like a really aggressive strategy. And I think, you know, if there's any one theme that, I, you know, mm-hmm. without a, a spoiler alert, if I'm giving away the theme, it's like we see dealerships move too fast in this space. And, and they kind of, you know, to, to quote Russell and we had a wonderful dinner, glad to meet Russell's wife last night. And uh, so, you know, with Russell Moore, those of you that are in the Facebook groups with us are, are certainly aware of Russell. He's been a guest on the morning show uh, on a white hat Wednesday, but we had a wonderful dinner with them. And among the things that came up is, you know, we talked about this, this business of dealerships failing and, you know, he's, he's seen it in his market. He's seen dealerships, um, you know, come and go. He's been around the business a good while. And, and we just talk about, you know, dealers just 
they sometimes just move too fast in this space. And, and from my perspective, it looks like they get intoxicated, especially if they're coming out of franchise and independent retail and they're not used to this buy here, pay here thing. And they get in the business and they see these, you know, higher gross profits and easy to create sales and they just get intoxicated by it and they just go, go, go really fast. And so we just see example after example of people, you know, and then, and of course the leverage part. So there's, there's, there's things like that to look at. And so Brent and I will break that down, but wow, we've just seen um, example after example, we keep hearing stories lately of dealerships, but they tend to be the bigger ones. I mean, of course, smaller dealerships fail too, uh, but we're just seeing, you know, a, a pattern, like a, quite a few stories of over the last, you know, five years or so of dealers that have, um, you know, folded up tent. And uh, so obviously those, those reasons vary, but Brent and I are going to break that down. And, yeah. and that won't get recorded till the middle of August. So a couple of weeks out. Yeah. So you probably will, it'll be out a week or, or within a few days. After yeah. Yeah. After week, that, after that's week. because Brent is a super busy guy. He's running <laughs> 11, 20 groups. And so he's 11, super, 11 groups. And so wow. uh, he's a, he's a workhorse. And so basically they're uh, so we got to wait on his schedule and availability and then we get that recorded and, and bring that subject to everybody. Yeah. You, you had a couple of other things you wanted to talk about with to that though, yeah it just kind of all ties yeah. to the same thing it's like uh this whole thing that you know years ago i was asked to um to step in and run this um dealership group and kind of the short story on that is you know i was asked by people who were not from the buy here payer space these were like we'll call them corporate executives and they made the decision to purchase a an established buy here pay here group i had some knowledge of the the group in question like i had met their kind of key managers mm -hmm. and had you know been involved in some of the training with those folks and i knew a little bit about the business model and the strategy i knew they were very aggressive i knew that they had come from outside the you know buy here pay here space themselves they hadn't been in deep subprime and so the decision was made to buy this dealership group. And, and of course, at the time I was available, like they had the, this outfit didn't consult me in, uh, in the decision <laughs> to buy. And, uh, when they asked me to run it, I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to be interested in that. They wanted me to step out there and run it. And they, they proceeded to buy it and run it and it failed pretty miserably. And that doesn't mean that you know, that doesn't mean that I'm a know-it-all and I knew exactly what was going to happen there. It just means that the other piece of that that I saw was that the, the people who were running their collections team had some ideas that were fundamentally opposite to the way I think about, um, you know, collections and buy here, payer, and And that's a whole separate subject that we'll save for another day. But it's like, you know, when you, when you go fast and you, you have some fundamental flaws i think in your business uh, model then you know there's there's a recipe there for problems mm -hmm. and that's just kind of again this was i was i was a fairly young consultant back in those days and and i could see that just fundamentally it had some problems and unfortunately it it failed and failed in a pretty big way and uh, so that's just something that we you know, we learn from those if we're paying attention we watch and we learn and you know, you hear me say I'm an unapologetic fundamentalist. Like I just believe in sticking to the blocking and tackling and the basic fundamentals of, of business in general, but certainly in buy here, pay here. There's just so many things that are 
kind of still fundamental to our business. And we're all working to try to get more efficient and find ways to improve the efficiency of our business. I just feel like we can't abandon the fundamentals in the interest of doing that. There's, we got to find ways to do both. And uh, so, and so those things are out there, but that's basically, yeah, I've never regretted not stepping into that, um, you know, that dealership situation. And, uh, and, and I hope people, you know, can learn from the things that we've observed. Uh, but often we just see that people just move too fast. They just, they, they mm-hmm. get excited about it, the big opportunity, and they kind of set out to, to own the world and, and, you know, going to be the biggest buy here, pay here in town. And now in our mm-hmm. state, you know, it's just like, it's just, uh, there's, there's something, there's something wrapped up in all that, that, uh, and you heard me say, of course, in our presentation in, in Austin, that, um, I think it's, it's often happens that people get there, there's kind of this thoroughbred, you know, um, persona in the car business. People just want to, you know, they want to be top dog. They want to go fast. And, you know, in Texas, it's you know, the theme is go big or go home. Right. And so you, you jump out there and you, you're going to just beat your chest and go fast and be <laughs> the biggest dealer in town. And next thing you know, you, your bank's yeah. knocking on your door and, you know, it's just not, it's, it's a dangerous space if we're not careful and, and really, you know, create a good smart strategy. And, and, you know, we had a conversation with Russell last night about playing the long game. You know, you just, in this business, if we, if we, if we are too short sighted, yeah, we can, we can, and uh, we're going to have a chance to see Amanda Sanchez and Hugo, Hugo just piped in about coming the a millionaire and buy here, pay here. It starts with 2 million. Yeah. 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 That's the old joke about how to, you know, how to, how yeah. to create a million dollars and buy here, pay here, start with 2 million. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's part of the thing is like, we just see dealers move too fast. They're short sighted. They can, you can create really fat financials in this business in a short period of time and make yourself look good and attract a lot of investment. Uh, but it's, it's just so much more. And of course, Amanda and Hugo know that quite well. This, this whole concept of phantom profit, it's a feel good profit. Um, but, but our, our payday, our day of reckoning is, is down the line. I've also heard it talked about in buy here, pay or the honeymoon period. You know, when you, when you get out of the gate and buy here, pay or you've got gross profit, the charge offs haven't yet hit. Mm-hmm. So your, your P and L's look good. So people who don't understand that space, whether that's a bank, a lender, an investor, people who don't really understand that might look at those financials in the, in comparison to a traditional business and, or I say traditional, a, you know, a, a more conventional business than buy here, pay here. And they might look at that and think, oh, what a great business. Look at how successful they are. And, you know, that's a good investment. Well, it's, it's, it's dangerous if you don't know the whole space and understand the, the, the long game that is buy here, pay here, then there's just, uh, there's, there's some hazards there. And yeah. so part of our job is obviously to help, uh, new dealers navigate that and avoid those pitfalls. Another, uh, piece of that, um, uh, Tom Siver actually posted a, yeah. a pretty long posting, uh, it, I'll see if I can attach I a, it, yeah. A, a, yeah, I noticed that you, you had made a comment um, on it, but uh, about as we're heading into a recession, I mean, there's, there's other reasons than just um, flash in the pan kind of dealers that will come in and come out, but there's other reasons why dealers fail. Right. And, um, and, you know, one of those things that, that Jim, we've talked about uh, a lot, just as I've been learning and as I'm listening to him talk to other dealers is um, how you set up your capital. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, there, there are ways of doing that so that you can be more successful, mm-hmm. uh, with, 
the the changing tides of economy and and all of that and and uh tom wrote an article do you want to yeah, yeah, and I might just give a little backstory on that. A uh, quick side note, I did meet Jimmy Rambo from Spartan Financial as well at the conference. And uh, you can tell as soon as Jimmy started speaking, he's from the Carolinas, you know. But uh, So Tom Cyber is also with Spartan now. And, and both of those gentlemen come from a banking and finance background. Mm-hmm. And um, so Tom is somebody I've known for a long time before he was with um, Spartan. And, you know, so those are folks you want to listen to in terms of this space. They... There are people who were in banking who moved into the deep subprime, and so they certainly understand, you know, both sides of the the coin on that. And, you know, Tom certainly has some um, some valid perspective on that, and so we we all should pay attention to, you know, what that's about. By the way, you know, I should explain. I think most folks in the industry would know that Spartan acquired a bank called Hamilton State Bank, which is a large bank in the southeast that had done a lot of deep subprime lines of credit and were quite successful with it. And they ultimately, uh, you know, moved out of that space and I think sold their portfolio. Uh, Tom, you can let me know on Facebook if I'm saying that incorrectly, but I think that's the way that happened. And and so Tom was with Hamilton State Bank when I met him years ago. And uh, so he's just somebody who, who has a good understanding about those things. And I think um, Tom had you have... If you had been in our session um, at TIADA, you would have heard me talk about that. I'm I'm advising our own clients to think about in their business planning to really kind of you know t- plan as tightly as they can for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Try to get to the you know two year mark and then reassess. You know, kind of yeah. recalibrate based on that. I've, my feeling is, and, and I'm no prognosticator, so I'm not out there making any predictions, but my general feeling and overview of the kind of the market conditions are going to be such that we, it, it feels like we would probably stabilize in about two years. And so if that's true, then, you know, we can just reassess. We just kind of set our sights on two years, make sure we've got a good plan to get us through 24 months, and then be in a position to to relook at everything, you know, at that point in time. Uh, so for me, a three-year and a five-year plan right now is is um, is problematic. You know, it doesn't mean we sh- we can't do it. It's just that I would I would probably be super focused on the twenty-four month mark and and have have the plan to or the understanding that at twenty-four months we're gonna we're gonna you know, reevaluate. Yep. It's been interesting to listen to a lot of the the people that understand this space an awful lot talk about though we're heading into a, a shift in in uh, economic times, but it's really is is a huge opportunity right. for sure. people in in our space. And and I've I've heard uh, lenders and dealers and all of those alike saying, are you, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? And, um, you know, I, I, along that lines of the making sure that your, your capital is set up properly, but, um, be prepared for the, that the, uh, the sector is about ready to grow. Yeah. And I think in addition to that, what you're seeing is, you know, we see it through Facebook. So this is purely anecdotal. We don't have any real data behind this, but what we're seeing through Facebook is a lot of people or a good number of dealers across the country saying in these Facebook environments, we're, we're stepping away from buy here, pay here. We're selling our paper, running off our paper. We're, this is not a good time for us to, to stay the course on buy here, pay here because of cost of car mostly is what we're hearing them cite. So, so you're seeing dealers step away from that. Um, and so there's opportunity. 
for for those that are in a financial position. So I think when when you're hearing people talk about that, there are two things at play. Some are saying, "Get yourself ready. Are you ready?" Some would be saying, "Are you are have you prepared yourself financially for things like inflation and what this is going to mean in terms of collections and charge offs and some of those kind of things? Are you prepared financially to weather that storm?" And then the other could be preparation for these opportunities. There are going to be opportunities. There are going to be people exiting the business mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity to acquire portfolios. There may be opportunities to acquire real estate. You know, we've, we've heard some of those stories. So, so that's, that happens. Obviously, anytime there's a downturn, the people that are successful often are in a position then to, to, you know, gather up assets of others that, um, you know, are, are stepping away. When some are stepping away, others are stepping in. So it would be those that are in the best financial position to to step in and acquire and grow. Um, because, you know, again, if you're playing the super long game here, then just like investments, you know, you're going to you're going to ride the stock market. It's going to be up and down. But over the, cor- over the course of your you know investment cycle, you mm-hmm. should obviously gain. And um, that's historically has been the case. And I think people would bring that same approach to buy here, pay here. So it's like, there's opportunities. There's always going to be opportunities as there are, um, you know, as we see dealers struggling, but we're also seeing car prices stabilize. There's, you know, yeah. more, more information coming in. I, th- I saw an article that used car uh, inventory levels are recovering. They're, they're back up to, you know, kind of getting into a kind of a pre COVID level. So that alone, you know, helps kind of stabilize and the demand will start to stabilize. And that means, you know, car prices will, it won't be sudden, but it'll be, you know, you'll start to see car prices soften, it seems like, as inventory improves. So now there's still the new car piece of that, but, um, but the reality is you're going to, you're going to see things start to stabilize. And so it's, it's, you think about dealers, are they in a position to ride whatever that storm looks like, you know, or are we in a position is our, is our vessel built well enough to, to ride out that storm? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there is, there is a, um, a storm coming, but it don't know how big it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. And, and, you know, sometimes, uh, just, I don't know about you, but I enjoy stepping out in a storm and feeling the rain and having some fun and it can be pretty, um, can be pretty thr- thrilling well, as well. Yeah. Just, and let's, certainly let's do this. Michelle and I are the last people to be fear mongering, especially mm-hmm. in buy here, pay here, because I would say that buy here, pay here dealers and are, are in a better position to weather any kind of storm that might be coming yeah. on that. Um, they're in a better position to adjust than you know, maybe a retailer franchise yeah. dealer might be. So because we enjoy the cash flow, So even if, even if we suffer charge offs and we lose some accounts, um, you know, as long as our employment's good in our market, we should be able to find a replacement buyer for, for any customers who fail. And, you know, we kind of covered that in our conversation with Chris Tiller and and, oh, yeah. uh, and Brent Carmichael. So any who haven't found that particular podcast, you're going to want to get out there and check that one out. That was yeah. really great stuff from Chris Tiller and, and Brent. Yeah. And the uh, the panel that you that you had um, mm-hmm. of some really, really powerhouses of dealers, we talked a little bit about that. And, and it was really interesting. Um, this is just like from my perspective, there are a lot of very successful dealerships out there. And um, there are a lot of ways to have a really successful dealership out there. And um, we actually with uh, did a, um, a dealer visit yesterday, uh, Mr. Donnelly out of yeah, Chris, uh, Donnelly. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. Donnelly. And we were just kind of talking about how 
um, so many people are, uh, so many dealers like you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do mm -hmm. this. And it's all, all the heck over the place in what it is that, that the advice that comes from other dealers and, and I mean, it's, it's different ends of the spectrum. And the, the, the interesting thing about the space is that there's like a billion and one ways to skin a cat. Right. There's so many different ways for it to be successful for you and different pieces that you can put together and create something that's, that's pretty amazing. And it was, so with the, uh, with the panel though, it was, it was, you asked a little bit about, you know, how have you been doing, um, uh, how have you been shifting for COVID and, you know, we're, we're on the other side of that now and heading into a different, a different time, but you know, how did you shift? And, and it was really really interesting to me um to hear three different very perspective mm -hmm. very different perspectives yeah, sure. and from very three very successful dealers and mm -hmm. you know one of the things that i thought was pretty amazing about all of them i think that um uh how long had how long had govinda been in business um since since 09 since i think 09 so yeah. i think that he was um one of the ones that had been in business the least amount of time, mm -hmm. none of them have ever sold paper, ever right. sold paper. Right. And, um, and you know, they're, they have a pretty, pretty decent size operation and, and different, very different perspectives about how to, uh, how to step through this. And, and, you know, and I appreciated um, Darla's uh, what, you know, she's, she's like, well, we just kind of constricted a little bit and just uh, we're, 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 uh, selling a little bit less so that we would know that we would be able to get through to the other side of this. And mm -hmm. then, and then they're you know ready to go with whatever it is that comes up yeah. now for this next, this next ride. It's, it's really interesting too. I, I, since stepping into the space, how, um, uh, since stepping into the space, how, um, I, I have, I've been in the tech space and so, you know, there've been tech, different tech bubbles and, and, uh, stuff like that. And, and I remember as COVID was hitting, uh, I was still very much so involved in the tech space and, and how people were talking about uh, how do we weather this storm, but it's, it's just been, a, it's a very different, um, a d very different way of looking at uh, economic turns and that they happen a lot more than, than, I was aware since oh, yeah. since stepping into this and, and that they can really have an impact. I remember in the tech space, it was all about, you know, how do you show an apartment without, uh, without people wanting to actually step into an apartment? How mm -hmm. do you do that? And so, you know, it was a scramble to figure out a way to be able to mm -hmm. do that without actually having to see somebody. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I was in multifamily, uh, tech right. at the time, but, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different. It's what you call shuck and jive is like, it's just, can we pivot? Like, are mm -hmm. we in a position? And, and among the things we talked about in our session at, uh, at the conference was this idea of having your management team understand your whole strategy, like your grand plan, you know, your master vision of your business, because now the entire team can pivot more mm -hmm. quickly when we all understand what it is we're trying to achieve in the long run, then it makes us better able to pivot and make adjustments in our business quickly and effectively. And so, yeah, I think these are times that, uh, you know, again, we saw through COVID in particular, buy here, pay here dealers fared much better, 
you know, mm-hmm. than retail because, you know, if retail had to be closed for a time and people were adjusting, but at least buy here, payer dealers could enjoy, you know, the cash flow off of, you know, last month's and last year's uh, contracts. Mm-hmm. And so that, that put them in a position to, to deal with that. In fact, many of them, you know, did quite well, retired debt and, you know, were able to bring in lots of cash and, and be quite successful during that period of time. It's just one more example. One of the things we love about this space, like there's, there's huge opportunity in buy here, payer. Yes. It's weird times, cost of cars up sharply. Uh, we got weird inflationary stuff that we got to, you know, kind of navigate, but uh, we just know that, you know, just all the more reason to, you know, make sure your operation is clean, make sure you're healthy and on a good footing and, and uh, not over leveraged and uh, in a position to, to kind of pivot. And also to overlay all that, what is, what's, what's your mission? What, what is it that you want to be able to accomplish, you know, getting really clear about your, mm-hmm. your vision about who, who you want to show up in your community as, right. and, um, and be able to, to communicate that with your team so that you can move forward as, you know, we're here uh, to help people during this economic downturn. And yeah. we're here to, uh, to help our communities. And, right. and it, that kind of just flows we, into some of the things we talked about at the conference. Yeah. Too. And people responded really well to that. We got excellent feedback oh, on yeah. that session. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the, the direction that Michelle and myself are going in terms of, you know, helping people plan is, you know, first get really clear about where you want to go with your business. And, uh, and now you can build a more successful business plan. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, we have a breakfast date right. in uh, in Houston with uh, Butler Sanchez. Looking you know, forward thought, to getting yeah. down there to see them. <laughs> Very, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Visit their offices where all the the accounting magic happens, right? Yeah. So just a quick shout out yeah. for them. They and and, and the other uh, professionals in this space that um, you know are buy here, pay here. And by the way, this is one of the things in conjunction with an, a changing industry. Make sure your accounting oh, is yeah. right. You can't build a good business plan and you can't stay on a good business plan if you don't have good accounting and and you, that means in our space you need somebody who really understands buy here, pay here and sometimes RFC and lease accounting. And so get somebody who really knows what they're doing so that you're working from good information. Yeah. And and those of you who know um Amanda and Hugo, you know, put a little plug out there. We'd like to get them on the show or on either tote the note, probably a, right. a more serious podcast, but also talk about some of the things that are happening, um, mm-hmm. just day to day kind of stuff with them on this podcast. Right, and so for sure. Uh, we we need to get them on. Yeah. We're we're about ready to step into having a conversation. Very yeah yeah yeah. Like and we'll just have to make sure when we broadcast that one with Amanda, we'll click the explicit <laughs> button because she's fiery and she. <laughs> she <is. laughs> yeah yeah. Um, whenever we take a, a podcast onto the syndicated stations, there's this little checkbox that says explicit content. Yeah, and we're like, oh, yeah. okay, that's it. <laughs> we haven't checked that one yet. But we, we have not checked it yet, yeah. but. Um, hey guys, uh, happy Friday. Have yourself a, a great weekend. We are going to be on the road. I think we've got about 14 hours of driving because mm-hmm. on this long journey that we've had this last month and a half, we happened to pick up a car along the way. Yep. Um, We're doing so, I-10 to from basically Houston to Tampa. So anywhere along that route. You if got you, the you dealership, got, if you want us to swing in and say hey. Or uh, if you just can suggest some good queso stops. We're going to need to... Uh, 
you know, refueling that way. By the way, quick mention okay. Russell's restaurant last night. Oh, it was so great good. Food. Yeah. Oh Russell my gosh. picked a, uh, his favorite restaurant. We went and had Mexican I food. Can, so I can't remember the name of it, but it Margaritas, was. Margaritas, I think. Was yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. yeah great queso. Yeah, really stuff. great queso. All right, guys, have a great weekend. And we will chat with you from Clearwater, Florida on Monday.